This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Episode number 73 of the Huskies Warmer Nose Podcast. And for this week's Healthy Scratch interview segment, we have Fox 9's uh, Jim Richard with us, also the television voice of Huskies Hockey. Jim, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. I've made it. If I get on this, <laughs> I've made it. Well, to be fair, Jim, uh, we actually were trying to get you on uh, a little bit ago, and a couple of things uh, with me actually kind of fell through the cracks. So if anything, it's, it's payback for me. Uh, but Jim, how's the summer been, and what have you been up to besides being busy with all the hockey-related uh, fun that's been over there at Fox 9? Yeah, there's been a lot of things going on, just uh, Vikings and Twins and uh, watching these teams implode in front of our eyes. So uh, just trying to find something positive to talk about every night, but it's getting tougher every day when you're watching Twins baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe, what, four or five nothing right now. They're down to the White Sox seven. here, and it's se- oh, oh, seven. seven. Oh, jeez. So it's uh, gotten worse since I last checked the score. Uh, Jim, let's go right into it for, for hockey fans. Uh, and we kind of want to skip over at least a little bit of Huskies news because uh, I was recording this here on August 9th, some pretty big potential news uh, for the Minnesota Wild concerning Kirk, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, there's a report out tonight that says uh, he has been offered a contract by his old Moscow team, one-year deal in uh, eight figures. So what? That make it ten million apparently to At play least, there. Yeah. And uh, you know he's been going back and forth with the Wild. They still say negotiations are going on, but they also said he was only going back to Russia for a buddy's wedding when he left after the season and uh, it's now August and he is still not here. Uh, Jim, it, it's been a topic of conversation on our show and I'm sure throughout uh, Minnesota wild, a hockey landscape. Uh, do you buy the argument that, you know, at least from Bill Guerin, that the talks have just been sort of continuing or do you buy really that it's one side that it hasn't really been budging and maybe it's more on the wild side versus the player side? Well, I, I think that Garen is, target, is taking a hard stance with these guys. Uh, you see that he's been trying to work a deal to get everybody in the fold, and Kaprizov has been a big target, obviously. He wants term. That's what I think the hang-up is. Not so much the dollars, but the Wild want him for six, seven, eight years if they can versus Kaprizov's camp probably saying we want a bridge deal three years gets our guy to free agency then we could see what the real market is because 
you just can't read this NHL landscape right now where this cap is going. You know, is it good to lock in with the wild if they give you the max close to 9 million a year, 10 million, or is it better to hang out and see how this new ESPN television deal works, how COVID goes away and the buildings get full and revenues come up and 10 million all of a sudden is a uh, discount in five years from now. So it's very tough to negotiate right now. And you see where Fiala's deal has gone. Fiala wanted a long-term deal. The Wild apparently aren't willing to do that because now instead of the player asking for arbitration, it's the Wild. So that means that they're not happy with what Fiala's asking for. So they just want to bottle them up for another year and try again next summer. Well, I'll tell you one team uh, back closer to St. Cloud State had a, a pretty nice uh, postseason run here with the St. Cloud State Huskies. Uh, Jim, you've been with uh, the voice uh, for St. Cloud State Hockey you now for uh, a little bit. Uh, watching this team this year from the beginning of the season, I don't think anybody would have predicted that they would have gotten where they did. Uh, but I suppose any sort of thing that caught your eye that maybe was different about this team is you watch them night in and night out, especially at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center. I didn't see this run in them. I didn't think they had the consistency to make a run like this. David Rennick, as great of a goaltender he is, the consistency night in and night out wasn't there with him that we saw during the regular season. You know, uh, Coach Larson kept pushing him, telling him, saying, hey, this is a team that's yours. We need you to be the guy night in and night out. But he's just such a free spirit, a happy-go-lucky kid that, you know, it was real hard to read, was he all in, you know, and then he'd see nights where he'd give up a couple soft goals and, you know, you're like, oh, geez, now what do we do? Then he'd come back and be fantastic again. But once he got locked in and uh, really did the job, that's what you need when you get to the NCAA tournament. You need goaltending number one. And then this team's offense came <laughs> out of nowhere. I mean, they're scoring five, six a night. It's like, what's going on here? And uh, it was a great, pleasant surprise. And uh, next year, I hope they pick up right where they left off. And speaking of next year, Jim, uh, quite the non-conference schedule. In fact, very attractive to college hockey fans. Uh, a home and home against a newly Division One Crown St. Thomas. Uh, two games in Mankato. They have a home series against the Wisconsin Badgers. Then a home and home series against the Gophers before they even open up conference play in the NCHC. Uh, so I guess uh, even from a broadcast, this is a pretty exciting start to the season. Well, and, and this is the way it should be. Play your regional rivals. This bringing in Union or the Gophers going to play, you know, Mercyhurst. You know, I'm sorry, but we're, you know, homers. We like to see the guys that we know the best. We want to see the Bemidji's. We want to see Mankato in our barn. We want to see the Gophers, the Badgers. I mean, they're, they're part of this too. And COVID has forced these schools to cut back on the travel that they don't want them flying around the country because, again, you don't know if there's fans or not. You know, hopefully there will be, but we see this variant running around, and that's probably going to be the next thing that may happen is attendance at games will be cut back again. So uh, I think it's a smart move. I hope it's just not a financial one for a year, and then we go back to what we were doing before. I mean, I want to see these schools play each other in their barns so Husky fans could go up to Bemidji for a weekend, watch a game. They could go to Madison, watch them play there. I mean, when they're out playing BU and BC, they, you know, 
you just got to watch uh, on a video stream. You can't uh, see the boys and go there and harass your neighbors from around the state. That's way more fun. Jim, you've been around, like, like I mentioned before, uh, the, this team, or I should say the school, uh, for a number of years, though. But, you know, compared to just other seasons in the past, again, a remarkable run this last year, maybe, again, out of left field. Has there been any sort of season uh, in recent memory that, as a broadcaster, you can remember that was just that memorable or maybe a memorable moment that really rings out to you as a broadcaster? For St. Cloud? Yeah. Well, I, I would have to go back to their first run to the Frozen Four and their first McNaughton Cup. I mean, there was so much energy and there was so much excitement. And, and that's what really took away from this, what they accomplished this year. They started out in the pod and played in Omaha and, you know, they played well there. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. They, you know, they, they got a shot at this. Then they come back, play well, but you didn't have that arena going crazy. I mean, there were games there where you were just imagining how insane the Brook Center would have been with some of their big victories they had at home, their win against Duluth and things like that were pop into mind and you're thinking, dang, this would be so great if this place was stuffed. And it really would have elevated the team's profile. This certainly did plenty to elevate their profile, but to see the building full, to see the town talking about them, and then actually physically sitting there and watching it would have been fantastic. But I, I think it goes back to that first year when they uh, won the McNaughton cup and Motsko took them to that point and got them to a frozen four. And now Brett Larson has continued to ascend and he's taken them to the next point to a national championship game. Now all we got to do is win it all piece of cake. Piece of cake, right? Uh, speaking of Brett Larson here, Jim, uh, the job that he has done taking over for Bob Mosco since his departure to the University of Minnesota, uh, how would you summarize the job that Brett Larson has done uh, since uh, now entering his fourth season with the Huskies since he's came over as an assistant from Duluth? Well, I think he showed just how smart a coach he is because he came in here that first year. It was a star-studded lineup, so he didn't want to, as you heard many times, didn't want to mess it up just wanted to help these guys get where they were already heading. And he did a fantastic job. I mean, he was in control, but he also let the players, the seniors, those upperclassmen have their say, have their fun and run the team the way that they had been used to. Instead of changing everything up, here's we're changing this format for, for check. We're going to play this way in our defensive end. No, he said, you guys tell me and I'll try to help you get where you want to go. And it was great. Got him back to the NCAA tournament. Then all of a sudden he had to start over and it got dicey there. Things just didn't click for him, but he quickly put things back together. He quickly got the guys in here. Adding those grad transfers last season was so smart because the team was so young. He needed some veterans in the lineup and he added guys that were glue guys. They weren't coming in here as first liners or guys that were going to take over the program. No, these were guys just to calm things down and let the young players that were gifted and talented just breathe a little bit. We got you, you know, you guys just do what you do. And I think that really showed how smart he is at reading a room, reading a team and getting these guys to play their best. And that's what he did, especially in that NCAA tournament. Now, one thing as we look forward to this upcoming fall, Jim, is something that they will have again this year they didn't have last year's 
they're going to have expectations. In fact, a, a recent poll by John Butchergrass, again, a very heavy supporter yeah. of college hockey. He put them as number two in the nation um, as a way too early preseason poll. Do you agree with that placement? Do you think that's a little higher? Maybe should they be number one? Well, I, I think because the NCAA is allowing these guys to hang around, all of a sudden he's blessed with so many players that, you know, he almost doesn't know where to put them. He's going to have five, six lines that could play every night at the NCHC with all these bodies that are here. So he brings back that experience of a group that went to a national championship game, doesn't lose anybody. He's got all these bodies back. You know, now it's going to be motivation. Don't look back at what you did a year ago. Now it's motivating yourself to be even better. And so with all these guys coming back, I mean, they have that experience now. They have the knowledge of what it takes to be a winner and to have that consistency. Now it's all about putting it together every weekend and really put their foot down from week one because they could do it with this schedule. They can make themselves a national favorite. If they beat the Badgers, if they beat the Gophers, if they beat Mankato, you know, if they come up with big series wins early, all of a sudden everybody's going to take a look at them and all season long, they're going to be right in the conversation. And I think that's exactly what Larson wants to see is this team to come right out and pick up right where they left off. And it's going to be important too this year, Jim, because barring any other changes that we had, this means the return of the Parawites. It means this non-conference schedule is actually going to have some implications uh, for their national ranking going into uh, the postseason. So as much as we love to see these old rivals, and I agree with you, it should always be this way. It should have always been this way. But the reality is this is going to be important uh, first eight games for this squad to really cement themselves as trying to be that national favorite to return back to the NCAA tournament and to make a deep run. Right. Well, and then you can play it the other way, too, because you remember when they lost to Princeton a couple of years ago and Princeton had a horrible season. That was like a rope, an anchor on their neck all season, holding them down. They'd have big wins against North Dakota or Denver, but still there was those losses at home or tie or whatever they did against Princeton that held them back. And so you got to watch that stuff too. You have to be ready every weekend in college hockey. And yeah, this will help them jump quickly to get up there. And if they lose, it shouldn't damage them as much as a loss to a Princeton or a weaker opponent because of the fact that their pairwise is going to be so high. Hopefully those teams all have good years that that'll pull the Huskies up. Even if they don't come away with sweeps out of those series, they'll still give them some more ammo for the pairwise. Jim, uh, one of the players that I had a player was watching last year, uh, one of the newcomers, VT Yatman, a guy that came in and was an instant offensive spark. Uh, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the now soon to be sophomore sensation coming in for the Huskies and just, just what he brought to the table. I mean, of course the shot was excellent. Uh, but as far as you as the broad get to see him almost every single night, what did you, what were your takeaways from his freshman season with the Huskies? I think it got tougher as the year went on for him after he started putting those numbers up and was NCHC rookie of the week, rookie of the month. All of a sudden team said, okay, uh, this is apparently somebody we have to figure out how to stop. 
and, and teams did that and it got frustrating for them. And, you know, that line didn't have that spark as much as they did at the start of the season or well, when they, when he finally put them together, the, the water bug line or whatever nickname you want to give those guys, uh, you, you know, they, they ran into it and they got, you know, he wasn't as big a factor in the NCAA tournament as he was earlier in the season. He still was good, still contributed, but he wasn't that dynamic star. I think now he's gotten his eyes open from that experience. And I think he's going to come back and say, okay, apparently people do gun for me. I got to find another way to go. Hopefully he's been in the weight room so he can improve his board work, the, you know, the dirty work he's got to do. He can't just live off his shot and he's got to go out there and play defense as well. So it, it was certainly a sensational year for him, but now he's got to figure out where the next step is. And I'm sure Lars sent him home with a lot of uh, notes and things to do. And uh, knowing how hard the Finnish players work, I don't think he was upset by that at all. He's just like, okay, I get it. Let's figure it out. Jim, uh, you know, St. Cloud and their recent success, uh, especially these last, I would say, probably seven, eight years of the program, uh, you know, it, it's such a tough area to recruit, right? Because you've got the Gophers nearby, you got Duluth, you got North Dakota. There's all these very high-end programs competing for all these recruits. But as far as St. Cloud State goes, one name that they're coming in for this freshman year is going to be uh, Jack Pert, uh, Mr. Hockey winner. Uh, for a school to land a Mr. Hockey name uh, to be uh, what I would think is going to be probably a top four defenseman, even as early as this freshman year, uh, what does that say about the job of the Huskies program? I should say the direction and maybe as a reflection on the, the coaching staff they're here up, uh, up in St. Cloud. Well, I think this has to do a lot with Larson's reputation because as you mentioned, he was the recruiter at Duluth. So he knows all these kids very well. He's watched them. He's seen, you know, these kids can look and see what he's done with guys at Duluth. Look at how Duluth keeps turning them out. Perunovic turned out to be a great defenseman under Larson's watch. And so they see him, he knows them. And the style of play that St. Cloud plays is very appealing. You know, the, yes, they obviously button it down in their own end, but if you get a chance to go, he lets them go. And players see that, and, you know, defensemen have been a real key to St. Cloud's success over the years. When they've had somebody back there that's dynamic on the blue line, this team really goes. That's why I wasn't really excited or, or buying in on last season because they didn't have that guy at the beginning, you know, they didn't have the Jimmy Schultz back there. They didn't have a Jack Ashan, you know, guys like that, that all of a sudden you're like, okay. So they had to manufacture that last year and they got it done. But so Pert looks at that place and he says, God, look at these defensemen that have been here. Prochno, Schultz, all these guys that have stepped in and have obviously played well, moved on to the next level. And they're like, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I believe in this program. This is a place that can help me to get where I want to go and have fun while I'm doing it. And I think that's a big thing that says about his recruiting. And that building is a fun building to play in when it's full. And that's part of the recruiting. And now with the television now, they're on Fox 9 Plus, so people can see him, you know, a lot farther than before. So that's a plus. So, you know, you had a wider distribution than Gopher Hockey did on Fox Sports you know, uh, well, now it's uh, Bally Sports North, but in the metro area. And that's a very important place to recruit. You want to be seen in the Twin Cities. You want to be seen in the suburbs. 
And if people don't have cable, we've seen the problems that uh, BSN is having being dropped by Hulu, being dropped by this streaming thing. You know, people don't see them as much. And so St. Cloud has that advantage. And the Husky Productions does a great job and makes these, this program and the broadcast look NHL-like. So kids see that as well. So it's all part of the process. So he's been able to carve out a good niche. Motsko got it rolling. You can go back to Craig Dahl. It took it to one step, then Motsko. And now Larson's trying to take it to even higher. So I think they're in a good shape. Even though St. Thomas is popping in the neighborhood, it's not going to be a big factor, I think, for St. Cloud State. A couple more questions here for Jim. I know that you're a busy man, so thank you for joining uh, us here no, on no, the podcast. No, I, I got plenty of time for you. Yeah, <laughs> this is, I told you, this is a career highlight. <laughs> uh, Jim, you, you talked about, you know, the Herbrooks National Hockey Center and just the energy that building can bring. But as a broadcaster, and it was an empty building for essentially most nights uh, last season. As a broadcaster yourself, are you excited as long as things don't get and, you know, turn, turn a different way? Are you excited to be back inside of a, a, a ruckus crowd there back up in St. Cloud? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the fun of that building. I mean, you go back to the days when St. Cloud was in the WCHA and the Gophers would come in there and you had to be there at five o'clock to get your standing room spot, you know, <laughs> to line up along the mezzanine. I mean, it, it is one of the best buildings in the country as far as the noise level. It may not have all the bells and whistles and the video board, but I understand that's getting swapped out this summer. So they will have that. And the school is doing a lot to enhance the amenities. But, you know, for a hockey fan, you don't need amenities. You need an atmosphere. You need a crowd that's into the game. And that's what you get with St. Cloud. The kids are passionate about it. The people that live around there show up. They back the program. And it's an intimidating place to play. You know, as far as the buildings in this state, I, I could say it's probably the loudest one. I mean, I think it, you know, when Mariucci's full and rocking, that's, that's a different element. But how often does that happen? It's been happening a lot more in St. Cloud recently than at Mariucci. Duluth's got a new building. It's not as loud as the deck used to be. Uh, Mankato's, theirs is a different building, but it's you know not as big. So I think they've got themselves a great home ice advantage, and uh, I think they play it up well. Uh, Jim, as a broadcaster, you know, where you and I are both fans of the game too, you know, so, you know, we do this not just because it's, it's a job, you know, we have a passion for this thing, but, you know, even as a broadcaster, I think, you know, so, you know, somebody even asked me is like, do I feed off the crowd? You know, does it influence the way I call a game? I'm curious, you know, do you also as a broadcaster feed off the crowd and, you know, does that kind of help you kind of ream in the moment per se, as if things are happening in front of you on the ice? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can feel a buzz in that building. You've been in there, you've walked in there where there's, you know, 20 people before warmups. So you're like, what's going on? This is, there's nobody here, you know, and you just kind of feel a little let down to start. And you're thinking, geez, come on, people get behind this team. And you come in there other nights when North Dakota is there. And of course they bring a lot of it, but you know, it also brings out the best in Husky fans because they don't want to be drowned out in their own building. So it really turns into a battle and, you know, Fans make a difference. We've learned that in this pandemic. I mean, I went to those twins playoff games against the Astros last year. It was horrible. It was like, this, this is not playoff baseball. Fans mean more to sports than anybody really realized until they went through it. The players are like, 
it's, this is awful. This, is, this isn't any fun. The playoffs were no fun for the Twins players. I mean, when you went to the home opener this year and there was whatever they had, it just felt so good. It was like, oh, my goodness, we're finally getting back to what we had before. So, absolutely, I enjoy a sellout crowd. It really helps the broadcast. A lot of times you could just lay out and let them take it, you know, and, and that's what's fun about it, too. Jim, you know, when you look at the schedule, um, you know, certainly an NCHC, you know, there's there's no weekend where any team, as you mentioned before, can take the night off. But as a broadcaster, are there any, besides I think the obvious in North Dakota, are there other matchups that you kind of circle and say, this is going to be a heck of a weekend and this is going to be a battle on the ice in front of me? Of this year's schedule, I'd say I'm really interested in Wisconsin. Haven't seen them in years. I think it's great. They're back. Let's hope this is not just a one-year deal because, of, like I said earlier, teams cutting down their budgets. I hope they're back in the building all the time. Uh, they're a great, great hockey program. It'd be great to develop a home-and-home with them so Husky fans could buzz over to Madison, enjoy that atmosphere, and then also have them coming here. Um, that's the series I think I'm most interested in seeing. We've seen the Gophers. We know them. Obviously, it'll be great to have Bob come back to the building and uh, bring the Gophers and get that rivalry jumped up again. But I think uh, the most, the one that jumps off my page that I'm most curious about is seeing what Wisconsin's all about since they left the WCHA. It certainly has been a, a tale of two stories. You know, it was had a pretty good year last year, Jim, again, with uh, adventure, uh, you know, uh, Holby Baker, Renner, Cole Caulfield, and he had a little bit of a nice uh, a season or I should say a, a spring, you know, uh, winning that, winning that award, then going and making your NHL debut and end up in the Stanley cup final. I mean, I can't imagine having a better spring than that. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, that uh, seemed like it worked out pretty well. Uh, and the wild left him on the board and took Boldy instead. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, right now you have to say the advantages to uh, Montreal on that, but who knows Boldy may, uh, once he gets his chance, he may accelerate and uh, blossom at this level as well. But uh, right out of the gate. Yeah. What do the wild need goal scoring? What does Cole Caulfield do score goals? So we'll see Boldy looked pretty good this year too. So hopefully he can uh, follow that same route. Last question for you, Jim. And since you mentioned the, you know, NHL, let's circle back to the wild a little bit. Uh, there's no question, at least for me, who followed again to Zach Parisi buyout was, uh, I think, kind of written on the wall. But I think all of us are a little bit shocked when Ryan Suter was brought out. Uh, you know, we hear in many different ways that this was maybe approached by Bill Guerin. But, you know, that cap recapture starting uh, next season could really handcuff this team. And you mentioned how it's affecting even possibly the Kaprizov as well as the Fiala negotiations. This is going to be quite the work around here for Bulgaria in the next couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, I I mean, I was stunned. Suter was gone. He was stunned. I've talked to him. He couldn't believe it. The fact that he didn't try to figure out a way to limit some of the damage, say, hey, Ryan, where do you want to go? We're coming to an end here. Are you open for a trade? They didn't ask anything. They just cold called him and said, uh, you're done. Um, I, I don't know what he told Craig Leopold. I'd be very interested to see how he sold Leopold uh, on biting off this big financial chunk. I mean, you look at the Blackhawks. They were able to pedal, uh, not Seabrook, but what's the defense with the Duncan sent Keith. Yeah, sent yeah. him to Edmonton, right, to get him off the books. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's the recapture. But you know what? You sometimes got to roll the dice. And yes, Suter could retire the next season. And then you're stuck with the recapture and it's even more money. But you've got to put a product 
that helps your team. You know, Dallas doesn't think he's a, a dead horse. They gave him 14 million and it's going to go to the end of this contract. So he's going to get double money for the next four years. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they were supposed to have extra money so far this off season and they couldn't even get Marcus Foligno's brother to come here. So I don't know. We'll see. They obviously know way more than, than I do, but I'm like you said, we're fans and we're just kind of wondering here, uh, you know, what's the, what's the plan here. And hopefully we'll see it play out here real soon. And this team can get back to the playoffs and make some noise. Certainly would love to see the wild make a return push to the playoffs, as well as the Huskies make another run at the NCAA playoffs. Jim rich voice of the Huskies men's hockey team on uh, Fox nine plus, as well as the sports director at KMSP Fox nine, Jim, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we'll definitely see it to the rink at the Herbert's national hockey center. Come here in just a, well, geez, what, eight weeks now. Yeah, it's going, it's going to come fast. I like the uh, bar you got behind you too there that hangs up. Uh, that's very nice. You can always find your clothes in the dark. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice, except, you know, if the, the Wi-Fi goes down, I'm in trouble. So, <laughs> Jim, again, thanks for coming, and we'll see you in a little bit. All right, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Jim.